A reading from Ruth. Naomi, Ruth's mother-in-law, said to Ruth, My daughter, I need to seek some security for you so that it may be well with you. Now here is our kinsman, Boaz, with whose young women you have been working. See, he is winnowing barley tonight at the threshing floor. Now, wash and anoint yourself and put on your best clothes and go down to the threshing floor. But do not make yourself known to the man until he has finished eating and drinking. When he lies down, observe the place where he lies. Then go and uncover his feet and lie down. And he will tell you what to do. Ruth said to her, All that you tell me, I will do. So Boaz took Ruth, and she became his wife. When they came together, the Lord made her conceive, and she bore a son. Then the women said to Naomi, Blessed be the Lord who has not left you this day without next of kin, and may his name be renowned in Israel. He shall be to you a restorer of life and a nourisher of your old age. For your daughter-in-law loves you, who is more to you than seven sons, has borne him. Then Naomi took the child and laid him in her bosom and became his nurse. The women of the neighborhood gave him a name, saying, A son has been born to Naomi. They named him Obed. He became the father of Jesse, the father of David. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. A reading from Hebrews. Christ did not enter a sanctuary made by humans' hands, a mere copy of the true one, but he entered into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God on our behalf. Nor was it it to offer himself again and again as a high priest enters in the holy place year after year with blood that is not his own, For then he would have had to suffer again and again since the foundation of the world. But as it is, he has appeared once for all at the end of the age to remove sin by the sacrifice of himself. And just as it is appointed for mortals to die once and after that the judgment, so Christ, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time not to deal with sin, but to save those who are eagerly waiting for him. 
Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Mark. As Jesus taught, he said, Beware of the scribes who like to walk around in long robes and to be greeted with respect in the marketplaces, to have the best seats in the synagogues and places of honor at banquets. They devour widows' houses and for the sake of appearance say long prayers. They will receive the greater condemnation. He sat down opposite the treasury and watched the crowd putting money into the treasury. Many rich people put in large sums. A poor widow came and put in two small copper coins, which are worth a penny. Then he called his disciples and said to them, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put in more than all those who are contributing to the treasury. For all of them have contributed out of their abundance, but she, out of her poverty, has put in everything she had, all she had to live on. The Gospel of the Lord. This has got to be the most terrifying gospel for me to read. Beware of the scribes who like to walk around in long robes and to be greeted with respect at Mill Valley Market and to have the best seats in church and places of honor when invited to dinner in people's homes. I pray I do not devour widows' houses. I pray. Nor, I pray, do I say long prayers for the sake of appearance, I hope and pray. But it is a stern warning, is it not, for all of us who hold authority, particularly in the ways of the world. This passage typically has been distorted over the years to talk about what's called the widow's might, the little bit that the widow puts into the temple treasury. It's often used as a stewardship sermon to say, you see how sacrificial she gave? You know, how sacrificial she was in giving everything she had to her church? You should do the same. But in fact, as many New Testament scholars now tell us, that is reading the story completely upside down because her giving needs to be understood in the context of Jesus' condemnation of the scribes and authorities who are devouring her home, who are taking away even the little that she has left after her husband is dead. This is Jesus' last teaching in the context of the temple before he returns to confront its utter corruption, its collusion with the Roman occupiers of the land 
and the way that the priests, even in their wealth, take in the little that the poor have so that the tribute may continue to flow, the Pax Romana may remain in place, and they may retain their place of power. It is, in fact, the confrontation that will get Jesus killed. Mark wants us to understand that. And so when Jesus points out the widow, he is pointing out the invisible, the forgotten one, the one who no one knows, which is why she remains nameless and why we hear nothing about her fate. Today's stories are filled with the stories of widows. And in order to illustrate that further, we have to talk about what's going on in Ruth. We get the end of Ruth, but we lost somewhere along the way the beginning, which is the most important part. Naomi is an Israelite who lives outside of her home country, and she has two daughter-in-laws from the land of Moab, One of the two of them is Ruth, and they all, all three of them, lose their husbands, which in a patriarchal society means they have lost all connection, and they are in fact in danger of losing their lives to hunger and deprivation. Naomi, being a good mother-in-law, tells her daughters-in-law to go back to their home country, back to their families of origin, back to their gods, their own gods, and to leave her alone, probably with the idea that other widows utter in Scripture, like the widow that the great prophet Elijah meets, who says plaintively, I am going to make my last meal and then die. But Ruth insists on remaining with her. Ruth tells her mother-in-law, where you go, I will go. In other words, your fate will be my fate. And most importantly for us as people of faith, she says, your God will be my God. And thus begins the story of their adventure. As they go back to Naomi's home country, And they began to follow the harvesters and pick up the dregs, the leftovers of the wheat, so that they may eat. And then Naomi, being wily, as all women have to be in a patriarchal society, realizes that there's an opportunity here. And she starts to steer Ruth towards her kinsman, Boaz. And so we get the most X-rated portion of scripture we ever hear in Sunday services today. It's all euphemistic, but let me put it as mildly as possible. Naomi gets Ruth to seduce Boaz. It's really straightforward, actually, and it is for their survival. And Ruth succeeds. And so Naomi succeeds. Their story is given to us both with a little bit of tongue-in-cheek, but also to tell us that the plight of the widow is actually 
in Jesus' DNA. Why do I say that? The very end, the author tells us that Ruth begets Obed, and Obed begets Jesse, and Jesse begets King David, and guess who's in King David's line? But it's even more than that. It's not just that the plight of widows is in Jesus' DNA, but in Jesus' divinity, there is a project which goes to the very heart of the system which makes the widows suffer. And that is the sacrificial system. And it goes something like this. Those who have will get more, And those who have little will lose even the little that they have. Does that sound familiar to you? If it does, that's because that sacrificial system is still with us. We don't have the temple in Jerusalem like Jesus did, but we have systems in place that abuse those who are invisible and shunts them aside so that those who have may gain more. And it's not just a criticism of our economic system, it's a criticism of virtually every civilization that's ever existed on earth. What the author of the letter of the Hebrews wants us to understand is that Jesus comes, God comes in Christ to confront that system and even die to it. Jesus identifies with the widow just as Jesus identifies with all who suffer. And perhaps in our own time, Jesus identifies as much with those we forget and neglect as much as Jesus identifies with the suffering earth and the suffering planet. Our sacrificial system is still at work. Christ has come to hold up a mirror to it to confront it, even to die to it, so that we may awaken and realize that life does not have to be this way. That is the hope buried in today's stories and rising to new life as Naomi and Ruth, forgotten ones, take their place in the great story of God's people. As the widow who puts all that she has left into the temple treasury bears witness in faith to a God who is confronting us and inviting us into new life. And it's new life that we can scarcely imagine because all of us even your priest, participate in some way, shape, or form in the sacrificial system. We all benefit from it. It's impossible to get away from it. Jesus knows this, and yet Jesus insists on being with us in it and dying to it. And we taste the new life that is beyond that every time we approach this table every time we turn our hearts to God in prayer, and every time we see one of the suffering children of God, and even more so when we reach out, 
with a caring hand and a compassionate heart. Today is not about the widow's might. You might say today is about the might of widows, the way they are called to convert us to that new family that God is dreaming about and calling forth into being, even now. Thank you for listening to this sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We are a growing community welcoming those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and to journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You may reach us by phone at 415-388-1907, search for us online, or visit our website at OurSaviorMillValley.org. We wish you God's peace. We hope to greet you in person very soon.